Welcome to this episode of the Safety Cast. Today, Principal Inspector Belinda Orris is joined by Assistant State Inspector Jason Wall to discuss asbestos in construction. Welcome to today's episode of the Safety Cast. Today we've got Assistant State Inspector Jason Wall joining us from the Asbestos and Demo Services team. And Jason's going to talk to us about how tradies can manage risks of workplace exposure to asbestos. He will also tell you about the newly released five-part video series aimed at keeping tradies who work around asbestos safe. Welcome, Jason. Can you start by giving us a bit of background on asbestos? Hi, Belinda. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity. Asbestos was commonly used in the construction of homes and buildings because it was affordable, flexible, strong, fire and water resistant. Until the mid-80s, Australia had one of the highest rates of asbestos use per person in the world, and it was used in over 3,000 products with many of those products used in the construction of residential um, buildings and in the commercial trades, which is why tradies are some of the most at-risk groups when it comes to exposure to asbestos at work. The manufacture of building products containing asbestos was banned in the mid-1980s. However, supplies of asbestos materials were sold, uh, would continue to be sold after the ban, which is why they say that any house built or renovated prior to 1990 is likely to contain asbestos. In December 2003, new legislation came into place um, with Australia banning the manufacture and use of all types of asbestos-containing materials. Uh, Unfortunately, thousands of people had already been exposed to asbestos and due to the long latency periods uh, of being exposed and being diagnosed with an asbestos-related disease, around 4,000 Australians are dying uh, every every year from an asbestos-related disease. Yeah, it's not good statistics there, is it, Jason? Can you tell us more about how exposure to asbestos can affect you? Yeah, firstly, there's two types of asbestos I suppose we need to understand. There's what's called non-friable asbestos, which is material that contains asbestos fibres and they've been reinforced into a a bonding compound. So basically they're trapped within the matrix of the product itself. And then you've got friable asbestos material, which is loose fibres which or, or, or asbestos materials that can be crumbled or reduced to powder by hand pressure when they're dry. So if you think about those two, if it's non-friable asbestos and it's in good condition, it poses little health risks um, to, to, to anyone who, who lives who works with it. Um, we all live, a lot of people live in asbestos um, houses uh, that contain asbestos, but while it's in good condition, that, that asbestos has been reinforced and it's bonded into the material itself. But as soon as you start to disturb it by cutting it, drilling it, um, putting high-pressure water spray on it, um, fibres, those fibres can be released from the product, uh, which then become can become a hazard to us. And they become a hazard because the fibres are loose then, uh, which means they can be inhaled into your lungs, deep into your lungs, where they can cause asbestos-related diseases, which are things like asbestosis, lung cancer, and mesothelioma. Um, there's a long latency period between exposure to asbestos um, so it can be 10, 20, 30, even up to 50 years before you can be diagnosed with a asbestos-related disease. And just on that note, my father was in a, in a fitter and turner by trade. He was diagnosed with mesothelioma when he was 63, and he started working with asbestos 41 years before um, before he was finally diagnosed with it, and then he died two years later of mesothelioma. So it's a really um, it's a really debilitating disease. There is no cure for it. Um, and, and, and deaths not long after with mesothelioma. We've also got a, what would you call it, a podcast or a, a video on that 
of my father and where I'm talking to my father before and he, and he really talks about young tradies there and you know the, the risks that they that he took when he was a young fella and trying to pass on um, better behaviours for tradies these days. Yeah it's such a big important thing I think the young guys don't always see just how bad it is because you think I'll be right and it won't happen till I'm older and then all of a sudden when you're at that age and it hits you it's just devastating effects. Yeah and then look at young people today that you know they, they, they feel that they're um, you know they're they, 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 anything they can beat anything you know and then nothing's a problem and, and with asbestos you know you, you're breathing it in while, while you're drilling it and that, you don't know that you're that you're slowly putting your body you know your body at yeah. risk you know, health at risk. yourself yeah and so it's not like electricity or, or falling from a height where there's instant um instant reaction or, or death can occur it's, it's a long slow process so it's not good um where are tradies likely to find asbestos on the site jace yeah, so well, there's many tradies, many different things. So if you're, if you, if most tradies work on houses or buildings, and a lot of those will be constructed before 1990, as I said before. So as I said, asbestos was banned in the of, for the manufacturing building materials. It was right up to the mid 1980s, but we say right up till 1990, it's likely to contain asbestos. So um, that could be in walls, ceilings, roofs, uh, in insulation in the ceilings, um, fire doors. Um, and then, in, you know, just in your general um, other areas, bathrooms, kitchens, under the floors, behind or under tiles, in pipes and downpipes, fences, window putty and mastics. There's so many places where asbestos um, was used and it was used in so many different things because of its durability and strength that it provided to different materials. Plumbers, for example, might find it in pipe lagging, uh, cement pipes or rope insulation, sewer vents, flue pipes and gutters. And your electricians, they'll, you know, they'll come across it just in the electrical boards uh, on, a, on a switchboard. Um, the, the electrical boards are made of asbestos and the insulation around the wires and the fuse linings and the conduits contain asbestos. And a lot of that asbestos can be um, friable asbestos because it's around uh, the insulation. It's all loose. It's, um, it's easily disturbed. And that, like I said, that can become more risk because it can easily be dispersed into the atmosphere when disturbed. Yeah, it sounds like it can be in so many places that everyone really needs to be aware of. Um, what obligations are on employers in terms of keeping their work, workers safe? Yeah, well, there, there's a number. So if any worker is likely to come into contact um, of disturbing or working around asbestos, they must be provided with asbestos awareness training. It's mandatory. It's under clause 445 of the Work Health and Safety legislation. So people like who are likely to enter ceilings where there could be asbestos in the insulation, uh, they could be, you know, pest spray operators, air conditioning installers, maintenance and repair workers, solar panel providers, anyone who might go into a ceiling where asbestos might have been used in insulation. Or like I said, we said with electricians, plumbers, your carpenters and joiners, they'll be removing wall sheeting, uh, which could contain asbestos, or they're renovating a bathroom. Um, your pl plasterers and painters and decorators, they might um, be having to sand or patch walls that could contain asbestos. Uh, demolition workers, any any person really who's who's likely to to work with or work um, with materials that may contain asbestos, must be provided with asbestos awareness training, um, and that training must be relevant to the job that they that they do. So uh, the minimum requirements is um, identification, safe handling of asbestos, and suitable control measures. That's what they'll be trained in, and and also that they should that training should be relevant to the type of work they're doing. So if they're an electrician who would generally work on on distribution boards or meter boards. Uh, that training should be related to, well, how do they drill into that asbestos board if they need to, or how do they remove um, circuit breakers and different things like that? 
Um, so it's really important that um, they have asbestos awareness training. I'd recommend that for, for any tradie, really. Even if you you might not think you come across asbestos, uh, it's still very worthwhile to, to do yeah. that. Training. It's just in so many places, isn't it? Yeah, and, and there's another thing that's really important too. So if, 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 again, if you're likely to come across asbestos and work with it, you also your employer is also required to provide you health monitoring um, to, to, to work with asbestos. So that basically is um, having tests prior to going in working with asbestos. So it gives you a, a baseline and then continued monitoring at the discretion of your registered general practitioner or the person who's doing the health monitoring for you will describe um, timelines of when you need to come back and continually have health monitoring. The code of practice puts it as every, at least every two years, uh, but that may be shorter or longer depending on the type of work that you actually do and the controls that you have in place. Yeah, sure. Um, where do you get health monitoring? Um, the first thing I'd say to you is you'd go to your local GP um, and talk to the GP about the type of work you do and um, the requirements for health monitoring. Um, generally, you, you talk to your, obviously your employer first, uh, but your GP will be able to give you an idea where you can do that. And there's also, um, if you go to eye care, uh, they have a, a respiratory, uh, mobile respiratory testing service, uh, which which goes around. It's a big bus. It's called the lung bus. And it goes around to work workplaces or large work sites, and it can be booked on there. Or you can also make appointments with the um, with eye care through getting lung screening and and health monitoring in regards to asbestos there. So. Uh, plenty of information out there if you want to look for it. How can tradies best mitigate the risk of being exposed to asbestos when they're working? Well, I suppose the most important thing, again, is um, first thing I would say is just think asbestos. Uh, every time you go out to a job, is there likely that there's going to be asbestos there? So we mentioned before that any any building that was constructed before 1990 is likely to contain asbestos. So if you're going to a site where, where it's a, a residential or a non-residential um, place, um, there's likely to be asbestos there. So you should then be thinking, well, where could it be? If it's a building that was built before 2003 and it's a workplace and a uh, commercial or industrial setting, they're workplaces, there must be an asbestos register. So there must be an asbestos register there. So the first thing would be to go and ask for the asbestos register. If it's if it's a non-residential place, there won't be an asbestos register there. Uh, it's then up to you as the PCBU to identify where asbestos could be, and if you're not trained up to do that, getting someone to come in and, and have a look where that where that asbestos could be and the type of work that you're going to be doing. But the register, if there is one there, it'll, it'll tell you where the asbestos is, where it's located, the type and the condition of asbestos, so whether it's friable or non-friable and what condition it's in. And then it also might say about what type of controls that will be. So that, that'll be the register and it'll also be an asbestos management plan with that, and it should be kept up to date. So. First thing I'd say to you is go and find that register, then go and have a look to see where you're working and see if that register, there's asbestos in that register where you're going to be working. And then you'll need to decide how you're going to do your work then, depending if there is asbestos there or not. Okay. So you're saying it's if you a tradie's doing any work on a commercial building that, say, built before 2003, tradies or workers should ask to see a copy of the asbestos register there? Definitely, definitely ask to see if there's a copy of it. I'd expect your employer to, to ask that thing. It's also a responsibility of that um, of the controller of that property to provide you with a copy of the asbestos register and asbestos management plan. So um, if you don't ask for it, it should be given to you as well, but definitely be always thinking asbestos and thinking, is there asbestos here and is there a register? So if it's a commercial property, there will be a register. If there's not, um, it's, it's up to yourself or someone else to identify that there 
where asbestos could be where you're working. Um, and as I said to you, there will be an asbestos management plan if there is a register. So the asbestos management plan, will, it will generally have a link to the asbestos register. Um, it will list um, areas where there might be signage and labelling on different things. It should also talk about what safe work procedures and control measures have been approved uh, when working at that particular site, um, what type of training people might need to have. Uh, it should have in there incidents and emergency procedures. So if something was to go wrong at that particular site, the asbestos management plan should detail what is to occur if an incident or emergency occurs at the site. It'll talk about responsibilities and uh, consultation arrangements between workers and, and others who are coming into the site. And that, like I said before, the different types of training that might be required. So if it's more than 10 square metres, for example, well, that would require a, a licensed asbestos removalist to come in and do the work. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be for someone who's just done asbestos awareness training. Uh, these asbestos registers and the management plans, they have to be reviewed at least every five years um, or if asbestos has been removed or disturbed um, or enclosed at the site and something's changed, um, they have to be kept up to date. So, um, and, and anyone in that workplace should um, be able to ask for a, a copy of the, the management plan and the register and it should be, um, be freely available. And as I said, if it's a residential property, there won't be one there. So there's no requirement in law for residential properties to have an, as, an asbestos register or an asbestos management plan. Um, maybe one day that might come into effect, but that's not the case. So uh, under Safe Work, we work with workplaces, um, and that's why there's asbestos management plans and registers. Okay, so, um, so what do you do if you need to work on a property, whether you know there is asbestos present? Um, how can you ensure that you're able to stay safe? Okay, so... I suppose the first thing that you do is if you're going to work on a property where you know asbestos is, you'd work out, well, what type of work am I doing? What, what am I required to do um, with working this asbestos? Am I, am I having to put some down lights in or am I having to drill holes in something or am I having to, to, to remove a panel because I need to put something else in place? If it's left undisturbed asbestos uh, and it's in good condition and it's been painted and looked after, it poses no risk at all. But as soon as you start cutting it, drilling it, grinding it, breaking it, sanding it, or you know, putting high pressure water hose on. We've had lots of issues, incidents of recent times where people are cleaning their asbestos roofs with a high pressure water hose. And what that does is breaks down that bond where the asbestos fibers can then be released into the atmosphere, dispersed um, into other areas and causes a lot of contempt, contamination. And even using a household um, vacuum cleaner, they're not designed to um, to suck up asbestos dust, uh, basically meaning that that dust will just be go straight through the exhaust, through the filter, it can be then dispersed back out into the atmosphere. It's not a, a, a vacuum clean that's designed to do that. So um, how you stay safe is identifying what the work is that you're going to do. If it's licensed removal work, so if it's any non-friable work that's greater than 10 square metres, and that must be done by a licence holder, or any friable work at all must be done by a licence holder. Um, and if you've done your asbestos awareness training, we should then know how to, to work with asbestos in our codes of practice, how to safely remove asbestos and how to manage and control asbestos in the workplace. In the back, there are safe work procedures with regards to drilling, for example. There is a safe work procedure if you were to drill, if you are required to drill into asbestos. Um, it's not illegal. You can drill into asbestos provided you follow safe work procedure. And there are those in the backs of the codes of practice and they're very good. They're very easy to understand and very practicable. 
Um, we've also done, released just more recently, uh, a five-part series of videos showing specifically um, for tradies on how to safely remove asbestos, which is in line with those codes of practice. So the videos include asbestos hazards and risks. So, so what are the asbestos hazards and risks of asbestos? What personal protective equipment is required when you are working with or removing asbestos? How to set up a removal area or a work area? How to drill into asbestos safely? As I said to you before, there's, there is something in the code of practice. We've done a video on how to drill into asbestos safely. And then also how to decontaminate yourself and your work area once you, are work, once you have worked with asbestos. So um, really good resources there. They're, they're videos that last about uh, between five and eight minutes each. They're only short, um, but they're, they're really good information, good practical information when it comes there for, for a tradie to go and look at. So it talks about the type of um, P2 masks that you, you might have heard of, P2 masks and respirators and what they mean. All of that there is, is in, the, in the video. Um, the importance of um, people who have beards or stubble or facial hair. Um, that must be, you must be clean shaven if you're going to wear a P2 mask. So it's importance of that. So your, your mask fits correctly. And then also fit testing, having your mask fit tested, making sure that fits you properly. Uh, really important things there to, to understand and to make sure that you are safe or your workers are safe when you're working with asbestos. So, and sorry, Jason, where did you say the five-part video series was? Is that on yeah. the Safe Work website? Yeah, it's, it's on our Safe Work website. If you go onto our Safe Work website and to the asbestos area, um, if, you, if you basically just put in asbestos, it'll take you to our asbestos area of the website. And then once you go into there, there's um, there's links down below to videos and you'll be able to click on all of those videos. And that those videos, there's also a set of, there's a video there of my father as well uh, when I spoke to him not long before he died. Um, again, reinforcing the message for tradies to, to be safe and be aware of asbestos dangers. So. Yeah, there's some really valuable resources there. Um, I know we touched on it before, before Jace, but about asbestos roofs um, seems to be a big issue when it comes to asbestos contamination. I know I went to a site um, quite a while ago now, but someone had used a high-pressure cleaner and just the neighbouring properties as well cost, oh, I think it was about a couple hundred thousand to remediate the neighbouring landscaping and the cost of accommodation for people to stay mm -hmm. elsewhere. Um, what can you tell us about that? Look, it's um, it is it's a it's a real problem that we have. We've um, produced a safety alert on on the on the dangers of water high pressure water hosing asbestos roofs. We've done that in in different languages as well um, to really try and get across to to those people who um, to go and do this type of work. Unfortunately, um, uh, people who own houses that have asbestos roofs, asbestos roofs, they're, they're very old roofs now. So some of the asbestos which was built and, and put into these roofs might have been in the 50s, 60s and 70s and even the early 80s when these roofs were things. So even something that was um, a house that was built in, say, 1980, that roof now is 41 years old. If it was built in the, in the 60s, you know, it's 60, 70 years old sort of thing. So these roofs are quite old. And they, um, they over time, moss and and different things build up on the on the roofs, and they don't look quite very very nice anymore. And if they haven't been maintained and looked after and cleaned, um, a lot of people feel that they they need to get them cleaned. And unfortunately, not knowing the hazards of high pressure water and and that and the risk of um, causing asbestos to to be broken down and released from these things are, are engaging people to come and clean their roofs with high pressure water hoses. 
So it's really trying to get um, the message out to homeowners and controllers of houses and, and buildings, and also to people who do this type of work who come out. You know, generally a lot of handymen will come out and do this sort of work and they won't know the, the issues that it, that it does. But what it does is it damages the, the matrix of the, of the roof sheet. So that roof sheet, again, was made with probably 20, 30% asbestos and the rest of it was sands and cements and resins that made it into a really strong, rigid sheet. Uh, when you high pressure water hose it, that breaks down that that bonding, that matrix, and being able to then release the asbestos fibres, and and being um, with a high pressure water hose that then disperses it, not only into the yard of of the property that you're doing it in, it can also disperse it onto neighbouring properties, um, and it can and it covers it covers like a really fine powder, um, and it goes all over the other properties, and those properties to be remediated, you need to then actually take out all the trees, the grass, the whole lot. There's a lot of work that gets done, which then, as you said before, it can lead to hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we really want people to be aware of the danger that this is causing because you're dispersing asbestos fibres into the air, but then also the, the, the cost moving forward to actually remediate these sites. Yeah, it's just huge. So much better not to have <laughs> cleaned the roof. <laughs> um well, there is, there is, and there is products out there, Belinda. So yeah, sure. there's products out there that you actually can clean the roof with, like fungicides, where you spray a light spray of a fungicide type material onto the onto the roof sheeting, which then breaks down and, and kills the moss, and then that 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 sheeting then becomes clean and then can, then can be repainted. So there is no need to actually to high pressure water hose something uh, up the roof to break the to clean this moss off. There are other products that you can clean the roof. And there's also products where you can actually not even take the fungicide off. It's a paint that just goes straight over the fungicide and the whole lot and yeah. get, you know, in the colour that you want and it encapsulates onto that roof sheeting. And so there's no requirement at all to even clean the roof beforehand. So people need no, to be aware of that. Yeah, it's great to know those alternatives are available. Um, before we finish, considering we know there's plenty of asbestos out there um, in the building environment, what would your key takeaways be to keep people safe from exposure to asbestos fibres? Yeah, so my key takeaway for tradies would be that to think asbestos. When I say it, I say think asbestos. Think of the next job that I'm doing, the job that I've gone to, the job I'm at now, is there asbestos or could there be asbestos here? And how would I know that? Um, talked about the age of the building. This is a building built before 1990 and it's a residential property. It's likely to contain asbestos or even a commercial property. It's likely to contain asbestos. If it is a, a commercial property, there should be an asbestos register and an asbestos management plan. So ask for a copy of that to see where asbestos could be. Um, make sure that you have received your asbestos awareness training. Go and talk to your employer or employers. Make sure that your workers do, do a check just, just to see the type of work that you do do. Um, are more likely to come across asbestos because if you are, that you're required to have it's, it's requirement and it's it's mandatory asbestos awareness training, and that's in identification, safe handling, and suitable control measures. So I suppose they're my my big takeaways. Do your training. Make sure you think asbestos. Think each job you go to. Is there asbestos here? Could it be here? Where will it be? And make those inquiries. Excellent. Thanks so much for your time today. Jason, and thanks very much to everyone for tuning in to this Safety Cast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Safety Cast. For more information on this topic, visit our website www.safework.nsw.gov.au or phone 13 10 50. And if you see an issue out on site, please call 13 10 50 or use the Speak Up app.
please share this recording with your industry colleagues and keep an eye out for future recordings.